Hello, uh, thank you for coming back to my podcast. I am happy to have you here. This is a series of single motherhood as an expat, and we begin with episode three. Episode three is the crude reality. So uh, to be honest with you, taking the classes was a little bit of a challenge since not only is a new thing to learn, but the lingo of real estate is something I was not used to. It was difficult to follow the teachers. It was almost like if they were speaking a language from another planet, maybe Mars. So Martian with English, how would you call that? It's not a Spanglish, maybe March English. Who knows? I really, uh, it really took a lot of a study for me to grasp the to grasp the whole meaning of the new vocabulary. I remember looking at the people around, like my classmates, from one side to another side, and they looked like if they understood everything. And most of the people were like me, totally new to the business, and I knew they were not understanding the difference. I was like. I wasn't putting the face that I understood and talking later, they were saying, oh my God, I didn't understand anything, but they were putting the face to the teachers and all that, that they were understanding. I was not understanding so much that I didn't even know how to ask the questions. And I am very talkative and I like to ask questions and know the things, but it was so like, like if somebody comes and speaks another language to you and blah, 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 blah. And then nobody knows what to tell you about it. So it really took a lot of study for me to get the whole thing. Little by little, the lingo became familiar and now it's part of my daily life. I can certainly say I speak real estate or March. English or March English all, all together. I finished all the classes in six months. As I said before, my son got sick and I had some things on my way that didn't allow me to finish sooner. But as soon as I uh, finished, like a week later, I took the, the school test. And in order to take the state or the national test, you had to pass the school test. I passed the school test and then I took the national and the state uh, test, which I passed. And then it was time to look, I pay my dues. You had to pay your dues. Some, uh, many people doesn't know, or sorry, many people don't know that you have to pay in order to be a real estate agent. And you had to continuously pay and continuously study. Um, you had to have 24 hours of study every year to renew your license besides besides paying. So I paid my dues and then it was a time to select a brokerage. At that time, I chose Prudential Real Estate. I took my first professional picture in that office with a small, a small Canon camera I had. I had a cubicle and people there were really, really nice. The first problem that I faced because it was not really a problem. It was that I was very innocent. Like uh, I didn't get the full picture of how the business work. And the first 
thing that I faced was that it was not such a thing as people calling me from everywhere to become my clients. Somehow I was thinking and I was sure that in a natural way, uh, the real estate business was going to be drawn to me. And I had in my mind that I was going to be just wonderful, a wonderful service store where clients would just basically fight for my services is what I was thinking. And I realized that it didn't work like that. I didn't know anybody. Like I knew very few people, like a couple and her kids, that's it. I know now that uh, this career is a process. It is a path, the path I took. I remember taking classes, uh, extra classes, a lot of classes I took during the first uh, few years. And I remember some of the instructors saying, look to your right, look to your left. And they say one or two people are not going to be here in five years. And I was thinking, no, I am going to be here. And I'm proved right, uh, I'm still here. Uh, with honesty, I can tell you it wasn't easy. First, I started doing open houses. At that time, the market was flooded with bank-owned properties and short sales. I remember doing uh, this uh, open house, just a couple of funny stories here. And this open house was in Scottsdale, and it was the listing of one of my co-workers. And I remember just arriving to the open house and I feel here like, oh my God, this is freaky. This home feels a little bit weird. And I put my towel right by the door. That way, if I needed to run, I was right by the tape, by the entrance and I could run. And so I stayed there for a couple of hours. Nobody came and I was so freaked out that I took my table, my, my chair, closed the door and left. And I went to the office, go back to the office, and I saw my my coworker. And he uh, he said, Mary Carmen, what are you doing here? And it was like, well, I feel a little bit freaky in that house. And it was like, you go and sell that house and people are going to come and it's going to be fine. Anyway, I went back. I put the table in the same position. I put the chair and the neighbors start coming to their house and one by one they were telling me this then the neighbors started to come to their home and one by one they started telling me about the story of this man living in the house that was found dead only a couple of weeks before and the kids uh, hired a special company to do a cleaning of the house because the house was uh, not in very good shape and the smell was very strong. So I thought, oh my God, that's the feeling what I am getting to the house. But the interesting thing about this is regardless that they found that, that they knew that information, they wanted somebody to come and live in the house like people that they know, a sister, a sibling, a, a brother, a mom, and like different, all, like quite a few neighbors came 
and they were super nice. It was a neighborhood that I thought, oh my God, this is a good neighborhood to live because people were just so kind, so nice. And one, uh, one of them invited me to her house after the open house. She was like, oh, why don't you come to our, to our home? Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, fruits and like a lot of trees, like oranges and lemons and things like that. And they were a couple, like an older couple. They were so nice. And I told them, okay, I'm going to stop by. And he said, yes, come and have tea with us. Okay. So I met them and I met quite a few of the neighbors and all of them very nice. But I understood at that time what happened to the house that I was feeling that uh that weird thing and after the open house i went to the other uh, to the couple's home and they showed me their home they asked me for a market analysis they were not really uh trying to sell much less because the home was paid off and at that point the home was worth very little but they was they were curious <laughs> but they were curious about it and those are my two stories about the about the homes. Oh no, I just told you one, right? Okay, the second story that is freaky. So I was showing homes to this person and this client, and we went to this beautiful home that you had to walk down. And I was opening the door and I couldn't open the door. And he is like, oh, let me try. And he tried and then he pushed the door to open it. And he couldn't and he tried again and then he finally opened the door and once he got his first step in i couldn't enter the house it had such a bad vibe that i just couldn't i was i actually felt rejected like i was not welcome to that house even it was just a feeling the home was vacant and I just feel like a push, like a push. And then I said, I am so sorry, um, but I cannot enter the house. And the client, my client looked at me and he said, if you don't want to enter the house and you make your living selling homes, I am not going to enter this home. Let's close the door. So I pulled the, do the door and I just couldn't close it. Something was pulling me. So my client got the door too. He was like, let me try. And then he was pulling and the door was just pulling away, like wanting to be open. And I was like, oh my God, my heart was racing. And he is like, just run to the car. I close it. And I was like, okay, there is the, there is the box. It was one of those uh, mechanical boxes that you select. There is a combination. And I put the key in the, in the, in the lock. So I ran and he was still fighting with the, with the, with the door, close it. And then he put the key and I just hear him running on the back. I got in my car, he got his car and we went just and saw the other home. And most of the stories of the houses are good stories. Most of the homes that I see, they are very nice homes where you have very good vibe. Uh, it's most likely. But those two stories stayed on my mind and it's something 
to talk about, even for a small talk to make, uh, to make, to spice a conversation. Anyway, a uh, few months after getting my license, I moved to another company. It was a company more oriented to train agents. The name of the company was Solutions Real Estate. I had there a mentor, her name uh, is Dawn, and I learned many things uh, in this company. This company was so good for my uh, formation, actually. I can say that my foundation, basically, and I can, um, I can thank them. Uh, the company was sold and it changed name or it, it was taken over. And, but I can tell you the people that work there, the brokers, the people that were in the training, my, um, my mentor, everyone in that company were so helpful and they were very nice at making like a community of that company. So I started doing, working there and I started, I learned how to blog and how social media can be very important. And that was many years, it was 2010 still. So I blogged and blogged and blogged. I don't know how many, but I was at like 100 top of, or 150 or something. I blog, 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 blog. 150 in, in real estate in certain platform and it's called so I blogged blogged and blog I blog from the morning to the night and this was right I, I just mentioned in 2010 after the real estate market crash not only the homes were very cheap it was impossible to build a home with that money with the cost of a already built home you couldn't build a new home so uh, not only the homes were super cheap but i didn't have clients and i needed i needed clients and money of course so blog 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 and blog there was, this was in 2010, as I mentioned before, right after the real estate market crash. Not only the homes were super cheap, but I didn't have clients, not even for the very cheap homes. And I needed clients and money. So I got myself employed. <laughs> Basically, I got the small jobs as a Spanish uh, tutor and as a photographer for homes for some of the people that I was working with. I took their pictures. I showed homes. I did some errands and I was part of the community already, but no sales yet. It was very difficult time for me, honestly. Like I cried, I smile, I cry, I smile. I was, I was uh, 
it was a determination to be happy no matter what. And I continued doing what I needed to do in order to succeed. I had my first sale eight months after I got my license. And the second one, only a month or so later, I cannot remember exact dates or things like that, but I believe probably in the next six months, I close a transaction per month or, or per one and a half months. I had always the support of my, of my mentor. And I am so thankful with Dawn. She was just fantastic. And I was very thankful with Solutions Real Estate too. The time that I was there, I was happy. I feel part of the community and they were my foundation. And with this, the end of episode three ends. Thank you again for tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode, episode four. And I will tell you, about my first sale. Have a fantastic week and always remember that I am here to help you with any of your real estate needs.